This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Well, come on now. We got to answer the question that I gave you. Let's get this out of the way. See who you're rooting for today. Let me see. How many are going to cheer for the Patriots today? Shout it out. You all can be dismissed. Um, how many are rooting for the Rams? Commercials. You just don't care. That's been the response to all three services, quite honestly. I added a fourth, another one, Hallmark Channel. No, anyhow. Uh, but uh, if any guy said yes to that, see me afterwards. All right. Uh, but man, I. This is probably the least amount of the last couple of years that I've watched the NFL. But growing up as a kid in Pennsylvania, and we've lived there 50 years of, our, of my life, I lived in Pennsylvania. And you're either a Steelers fan or you're an Eagles fan, and I chose kind of the Steelers. But in reality, my favorite team that I cheered for was the Minnesota Vikings, of all things. And I'll tell you the story behind that. That is that my uncle, Joe Cap, quarterbacked them in the late 60s, and he led them to Super Bowl IV against the Kansas City Chiefs. So let's just check out some of my uncle's highlights a little bit. Okay, Uncle Joe. I kind of run like that. when you were actually able to tackle the quarterback. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Uncle Joe, yeah. Uncle Joe was not the most gifted, but he had a big heart. And uh, so he led him to Super Bowl four, like I said. And uh, in uh, sixth grade, uh, back when he was leading them to the Super Bowl, man, I became the most popular sixth grader at my school, you can imagine, right? Having a uh, quarterback uh, in the NFL lead them to the Super Bowl. And so the legend kept on growing all that year as they get better and better and went to the Super Bowl. And then my mom found out that I told that lie, that he was my uncle. <laughs> Just like many of you believed he was my uncle, so did everybody in my sixth grade class. Now, don't walk out on me yet. Don't throw things. We're going to go somewhere with this, all right? We're going to connect the dots for you. All right, so my mom found out that I had said that, and uh, she took me into sixth grade, you know how moms did it, sixth grade class, and she made me apologize in front of the whole class. I remember walking in. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, it was a great lesson. I remember walking in, head down. I just want to tell you that he's really not my Uncle Joe. <laughs> Is anyone going to pick me in recess today? No, okay. I mean, it was one of those humbling moments, but how many of us have ever said words that we wish we could take back? See, it started with a question one of the kids in the playground asked me. He said, hey, is that your uncle? I thought, hmm. yeah, that's my Uncle Joe, you know, and the legend started and drifted from there. How many of us, though, have said things that we wish we could just, and the words just start coming out of your mouth, do you wish you could just go and reach out and grab them before they landed in the other person's ears and pull them back? How many have done that? How many of you are married and did that at least once, right? 
In our 36 years of marriage, man, there's plenty of times, and I'm the, the communicator in our, out of the two of us, and so I'll be saying things, and man, I go, oh, that's not going to fare out well for me, you know? That's not going to be good. Well, today I'm going to talk about a truth that if you apply it in your life can help you this year, and that truth is how to speak life over your situations, over your marriages, over your jobs, over your kiddos over your life. And if you begin to speak faith and begin to speak life, you know, our, whatever comes out of our mouth is the direction our life is moving towards. If negative stuff comes out of your mouth, you're moving into what? Negative stuff. If you start speaking, speaking life into your world, guess what happens? It starts being positive. It happens in our marriage. If I speak positive over my wife and I speak encouraging things over her, guess what? There's, there, we're moving in the direction of having a healthy relationship. If I do that over my boss, it's a healthy relationship. If I do that over my kids, it's beginning to get healthier. If I do that in my relationship with God, it begins to grow and nourish and strengthen. Does that make sense? We move in the direction of whatever comes out of our mouth. So I'm going to teach you a principle today that if you apply it, I guarantee you'll be more joyful this year. You'll have, you'll have greater results in all the areas in your relationships. You'll see, you'll see your own self grow in your faith. And I titled it Speak Life, but you could also title today's lesson Be Positive or Be Quiet. Or as my mom taught us, if you don't have anything good to say, you all had the same mom. You know, it's like, don't, if you don't have anything positive or good to say, just don't say anything at all. How many know that's a good principle to live by? And if we could just learn to just be quiet on those negative things and just speak life into situations, wouldn't our lives be a lot better? So this year, I'm going to ask you to do something, all right, everybody? We're going to fast the negative, and we're going to put in the positive. This week, just try it this week. Now, we've been teaching this principle to a couple classes we teach on Sunday morning, and we got an email already back from several of them that have been applying this, and they go, you know what? It actually works. We've been speaking positive into our marriage, been speaking positive into our kids, on my job, over my health, over my finances. And you know what? Man, it may not have changed those, that right away, but it certainly has made a difference in me, in my attitude, and in my spirit, and in my life. Just speaking positive moves me in that direction. Wouldn't you rather live your life anyhow full of joy than doubt and fear and negativity? Now, I know some of you, how many of you grew up in a home that was more of a negative home? You know, there was somebody in the house that kind of drug it down, just everything was negative. If it was 74 degrees, pure blue skies and sunshine out, and you said, man, isn't it a beautiful day? Yeah, today's beautiful, but tomorrow's going to be lousy. You know what I mean? Regardless of what they brought, they was always negative. Just came in out, negative, negative, negative. But some of you might have been raised in a home where it was the opposite, where it was positive things, Right? Well, the same principle works the negative and works in the positive. So if I speak positive, believe positive, guess what? There's positive things that are going to come in and through my life. In fact, it says this in Proverbs 18 about our tongue. It says, the tongue has the power of both life and death or blessing and cursing. Some translations say it that way. And those who love it will eat its fruit. So either I can bless with my words or I can curse. I can speak blessing over my kids. I can speak blessing over my situation. I can speak blessing over my finances. I can be a builder or a lifter of other people. Or I can speak what? Cursing over them and negative over them. In fact, that happened our first year here at the Ark Church. See, we moved back. We moved down from Pennsylvania. 
And Joyce still had her job up in Pennsylvania, and she was traveling back and forth several times for some conferences. And she had left, it was the middle of winter, and it was a beautiful 70-degree day here. And uh, she, she was up in Pennsylvania, and it was 20 degrees and snowing and miserable up there. And so I was out for an evening walk, and we lived in an apartment complex at the time. I would just do walks around the whole apartment complex. And I thought as the good husband I would be, and I'm, used, I'm a teaser, so I thought I'd just call Joyce and just see how it's going for her. And so I called her. I said, hey, babe, how's, how's the conference going? She goes, it is freezing here. It's so miserable. And blah, 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 blah. She went on. I said, oh, really? Well, it's 70 degrees here tonight. It is just gorgeous. In fact, I'm in short sleeves and shorts. And man, I'm just having a blast. And man, what a beautiful day we had here today. Sorry. She goes, oh, just, just don't call me. Well, you know, and she hung up. I kept walking a little bit. I thought, as the good husband I am, I'm going to call her back. So I called her back. I said, hey, babe, man, I just wanted to, did I tell you yet that it was seven and beautiful here today? She goes, yes, you told me that. And just, just don't call me back again. Hung up. So I thought about it for a couple minutes. Yeah, you can do the same thing I did. So how many know you know what buttons to push and when to push them and how to do that? And it's usually the person right next to you right now that you know best how to push those buttons. And so I thought, yeah, let's give it a third time. Let's see how it goes there, right? And so I called her again. I said, hey, babe, man, I, did I tell you yet that it has just absolutely been a beautiful day here? So how's your day? How's it like up there? She goes, oh, she goes, it is, you know how it's cold here. She goes, I just hope something bites you out there. And she hung up on me. And that's not the worst thing she ever said to me. But anyhow, she said, I hope something bites you out there. This is no lie. This is not a Joe Cap. He's not my uncle story. This is a true story here. 30 seconds later, a car whips around the corner. I'm walking, and I had to dodge out of, it, out of the way, and I ran through a spider web. Yeah, and a spider bit me right here on my forehead. She put a curse on me right there and then. That thing bit me. It started swelling up. I mean, my whole head started swelling up. And so... I, I, I kind of got back to our, our apartment, and I took a picture of it and put 911 and sent it to her. And so she calls me back. She says, what happened? I said, and my tongue was swollen, and my throat was closing in. I thought, you put a curse on me, you know? And, and she goes, well, take some Benadryl and get to the hospital. I said, all right, you know? And, and I mean, it looked, remember, remember the movie Hitch? Shoo. Ears, throat, every, I mean, it was like, I, I, was, I was thinking, man, this, I'm closing up. So I went to the cabinet, got Benadryl. Not a good thing to do. I didn't realize that. And so I went, I drove myself to the hospital. <laughs> you know, and I'm, dri I'm driving myself to the hospital. And by then I felt it was, my throat was relaxing a little bit. And so I had opened up the door. And I put my one leg out to go into the emergency room. And I just kind of got tired. I laid my seat back. I had my door open, leg out, new pastor at the church. <laughs> I'm sure people were going by going, yep, another drunk coming to the hospital. You know, there he is. You know, new pastor, drunk now, whatever. But how many of we can, we can, that's a funny way of saying it, but sometimes, you know, our words do hurt. We can speak death over people. We can speak discouragement to people. Or we can speak life to them. I'm going to give you three principles if you're taking notes this morning of how we can speak life into other people. And it begins with this. And let's look at this other verse in, in Proverbs. I want you to check out this word, verse because it feeds into it. It says, from the fruit of their lips, people enjoy good things. 
but then faith will have an appetite for violence. In other words, what we feed ourselves is going to come out of ourselves. We can plant good seeds into our minds and our hearts and our lives, and those good seeds are going to come out of what we say. Or we can plant bad seeds into our minds, our hearts, and our lives, and bad things are going to come out of us. We, how many have ever eaten your words? That's what that Proverbs talks about. How many of you just eaten your words? Man, man, it's like, oh, man, it's ate my words. That's what I had to do when my mom put me in front of the class again and said, man, I'm sorry. It really isn't my Uncle Joe. Some of us have eaten words before. That's what that Proverbs talks about. Now I'm going to give you the three principles. Here you go. Ready? If you're taking notes, write them down. Number one is think positive. This is how it works. It begins by us thinking positive things into our lives and into our minds. And when we think positive things, it means, man, when a negative thing comes, we just don't speak it out loud. We don't verbalize it. How many negative thoughts are going to come in your life and in my life? Even when we give our hearts to Christ, and we talk about it all the time, that we have to renew our what? Our minds. We renew our minds. So we give our hearts to Christ, but our minds are still filled with junk. And all day long, we can fill it with junk, or we can fill it with the Word of God and positive, faith-filled stuff. Isn't that true? In our society, we see it. Man, it's a negative world we live in. And so negative things come into us. Now, if if, if I could be honest with you, Okay, most of us in here today wouldn't be here today or we'd be in jail today if, every, if we acted on every single thing that we thought. How many of you know that's true, right? How many of you ever thought something really, really, really bad? I mean, just negative bad stuff. You, you could have had a great worship experience. You could have got the word of God in your life. It could have been a great day. Maybe you had devotion times before you went off to work. And as soon as you get in the car, man, all of a sudden you're bombarded with negative thoughts. Anybody ever have that happen? And you go, now where did that thought come from? Now all of us are going to have negative thoughts. It's what you do with the negative thoughts that counts. God says we renew our minds by when a negative thought comes in, we replace it with a what? Positive thought. But if you keep feeding yourself on the negative, maybe you've got a bad report from your doctor. And now you're feeding yourself doubt and not able and not going to make it. And this is serious. And you feed it over and over and over again and anxiety starts happening. And you give root to that and that that seed in your mind begins to grow and grow and grow and grow. Guess what's going to happen? Soon you're going to start speaking that negative. But the same thing can happen in the positive. God says replace the negative, renew in our minds with the positive. Let's look at this verse. In Philippians chapter 4, it says this. This is what we're supposed to think about. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, what, this is what you think about. Whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, what are we supposed to do? Think on those things. We're all going to have the negative come into our minds. What do we do? We replace it with the positive. No, I choose today to think positive. Let, let me illustrate it this way. If I think bad things about my wife, and I think it long enough, guess what happened? That thought begins to grow in my life. I think, man, she is, blah, 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 whatever you fill in the blank. And I think that negative thing about her, or your boss, or you're over your finances, or over your kids. Whatever you think about negative will begin to grow. God says, man, don't think and dwell on those things. Think of what is true, noble, what's right, what's trustworthy. So if I begin to think and replace that negative thought about Joyce, and I begin to put it with what's positive, and I say, man, I have the best wife. 
Man, I have a beautiful wife. Boy, I, my, I appreciate my wife. And I start thinking about that over and over again. And every day I look at her and think about, man, how positive our relationship is. Guess what type of relationship we will have? We were going to have a positive, healthy relationship in marriage. Perfect? No. But positive, yes. Healthy, yes. Whatever you give your mind to is going to be healthy. Okay? So if I give it to that that way in positive areas, guess what? That's going to be a positive relationship. So the first thing is this, is what we think positive. Second thing is, is believe positive. So after we think about something for a while and it grows in our mind, guess where it transports to? To our hearts. So now not only am I thinking that positive or that negative thing about my wife or that job or that situation or my marriage or whatever it is, now I start believing that. And this is where it gets, gets into the root of things. Because negative thoughts are going to come. But now if I think that negative thing too long, guess what? I now believe that about that person or about my boss or about my health situation or over our finances or about my kid. And now it becomes a belief in me. In fact, Matthew says it this way. Let's look at it. It says this. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks in other words out of the abundance means it's been growing in you there's an abundance of a belief in you well where did that start it started in our minds and it grew into our hearts so now now out of it comes what what i speak out of the abundance of my heart my mouth speaks so if i put in negative too much believe that negative too long it's going to come out how i speak to that situation, that obstacle, or that person. Is this making sense? It says there's an abundance. We let it grow in you. Don't feed the negative. Don't feed that, and then you won't have to worry about the abundance of things that you've said and wish you could have taken back to that person that you love or care about or over your finances, or over your health, or over your relationship. And the third one is this. After we think positive, believe positive, now we get to... Speak positive. This speaking positive is, is one of my favorite things to talk about because it says, don't talk about the problem. We got to talk about the promises that God has given to us. I mean, you know, there's many promises that God's given us. And it says this, the negative voice may seem louder at the time. How I many know negative, negativity travels faster? So it travels in your mind, in your heart. It says it may be, seem louder at the time, but you can take all that away by choosing faith over the negative. What about saying these things over your life or over your situation? What about saying, I have the favor of God. I have the blessings of God. I am confident. I have what it takes. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I am healthy and whole. My relationships are going to grow. But what would happen if we began to say those things over our lives? It may not be what it is today, but guess what? You're speaking faith over it, and guess what's going to happen? It's going to, your, your words, it's going to what? Your life's going to follow your words. I love talking to Gil Box, and I told him I was going to pick on him, so I'm going to pick on him a little bit. Share Every time I see, see Gil, I said, how's your week? He goes, I have never had a bad day in my life. Isn't that your famous thing? I've never had a bad, every time I see him, I've never had a bad day in my life. And I thought, that's when I grow up, Okay. <laughs> Joyce is still praying that I grow up, by the way. She goes, when I grow up, I said, when I grow up, that's, I want to have that spirit inside me. Why not live in faith? Yeah, I might have got some bad news. 
Yeah, our marriage may not be where it should be today. Yeah, my finances may not be. But you know what? I have a choice about my attitude about the situation. And I'm going to speak life into it. I'm going to believe the best on it. And I'm going to walk in faith in that situation. Amen? Amen. Why not walk that way? Why not walk in faith? Why not speak that faith over your lives? And this is what happened, okay, in uh, Joshua uh, chapter 6. Joshua was given the great opportunity to lead the people into the promised land. And so he's leading them into the promised land. And he says, man, God said, this promised land is all yours, all that it has, all the goodness, all the fruit, all the blessings are there. But they came across army uh, enemies all the time. And so they were marching towards their promised land. They came across this village called Jericho. It was actually a fortified wall with tall buildings and mortar. And they looked at it and said, well, we can't go around it, so we have to go through this. So God, how are you going to give us the victory over these walls that are around us? And so Joshua, Joshua was praying to the Lord, and the Lord told him, and says, all right, this is your battle plan to conquer these people. For in order for you to get to the promised land, the things that I have for you to conquer those areas, you've got to go through Jericho. And Josh says, all right, how are we going to do this, God? What are we going to do? He goes, all right, this is my battle plan for, for your, your war. He goes, for six days, one time a day of those six days, I want you to just get all the people and just march around the city. Excuse me? You want us to just march around the city? Yep, just one time a day, just march around the city. And on the seventh day, I want you to march around the city, all those walls, seven times. And on the seventh time, I want you to shout, and the walls are going to come down. Ready? Break. Uh, Hold on, God. That's your military plan to take down the wall. Now, let's look at at what the scripture says. It says, when Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the ark. All this time, the trumpets were sounding. But listen to this. Watch this. But Joshua commanded the army, do not give a war cry. Do not raise your voices. Here we go. Here's the key. Do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Then shout. You know what they happened the first six days? They were marched around, but Joshua says, when you march, I don't want you to say a word. Why did he say that to them? Because they were probably going to be what? Complaining and grumbling. Why do we have to do this? This is a stupid idea, walking around the wall. Why did God tell me to do this? It's hot out here, man. The dust is going. A million people walking around the wall. What in the world? Whose idea? Man, he lost his mind. You know, my leader is off. He didn't hear God this time. <coughs> Excuse me. And at the same time, what was the enemy doing? The enemy was on their wall. And they were probably shouting down to the army and going, is this all you got? Is this the best you can do? You're just going to march around the wall? You think that's going to do it? Man, you bunch of wimps. You know, they were shouting trash at them. They were talking all kinds of things, smack to them. And, they're up, and I bet you the warriors, the Israelite warriors, were just biting their tongues because they wanted to say, yeah, come down here. I'll tell you what about war. Come on, I'll show you what's going on. But God told them to what? Keep silent. Guys, here's the key. Listen, 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 listen. Some of you are looking for your victory. You're looking for your walls to be broken and torn down, but you're speaking against what you're praying for. And God says, if you'll learn just to be silent, how many of sometimes it's just hard to do? If you can't say anything, what? Positive or faith-filled, what? Don't say anything at all is what God's saying. Stay in that. 
Because why? Sometimes we got to wait till our spirit catches up to it, and then we, then we can speak positive. So six times they're walking around on the seventh time, man. They they walked around that seven times the seventh day, and as they walked the seventh time, he said, "All right, now let out a shout." And what happened? The walls came what? <sighs> came tumbling down. Guys, here's the question for you. What negative words are you speaking over your situation that's keeping your walls from coming down? What if God said, just be silent. Don't give any credence to it. Don't, don't complain about it. Don't talk about the problem. Just stay silent. Maybe the walls that are holding you back, if you stay silent, are going to come tumbling down. What if, imagine, just behind those walls is your healing, is your promotion, is your dreams coming to life, is your kid coming back to Christ, is your situation changing? What if behind those walls we just won't speak the negative, we won't, pray against, we won't speak against what we're praying for, and we begin to speak life to it, and if you can't speak life just yet, just stay silent. Oh, God, to tear down the walls. Because there's going to be a seventh day that God's going to say, now's your time. Speak up. Some of you have been marching around your wall of addiction for a long time. Some of you have been walking around your, your wall of your marriage not being where it should be. Some of you are mar marching around your wall of your health situation where it shouldn't be or your finances where it shouldn't be right now. And, man, you're speaking negative. Yeah, I knew that wasn't going to work out. Yeah, I knew it. We had a lousy mind. Blah, blah, blah. And you're speaking negative, negative, negative. You're defeating what God wants to do. Man, I'm just challenging you this year. If you can't have anything positive to say, don't say anything at all. And then watch what God will do. God can bring down the walls. And, man, when all of a sudden, Mark, start thinking, start believing something positive about your relationship or your marriage or your finances or your kids or over your job. And then let that grow in your spirit and your heart and then you can say something positive and your seventh day is coming to you in your situation amen let's close in prayer god thank you that our seventh day is coming thank you lord that so to speak that we're walking around our walls today and it's all dependent on what we're saying about our walls but God, we know that you can bring down any wall, any barrier in our life, any situation, any problem. So today, God, we thank you that you are breaking those walls and those chains off of us. Thank you. Our seventh day is here. We believe you for that, Lord God. And I believe and declare that every wall that's holding us back from all that you have for us, God, is going to come tumbling down. As we learn how to just walk in faith and speak in faith and think in faith and believe in faith. So God, thank you for those promises. God, thank you. And even today, I just sense your Holy Spirit just touching and ministering to hearts and lives in a special way. Thank you. Walls are coming down right now. Addictions are being broken. Marriage are beginning to be healed. Relationships are being restored by your Holy Spirit today. We thank you for it. Now as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, maybe today you came in, you don't have a relationship with the God I've been talking about. Today's your day. You just feel something different in your heart. You say, man, I want to just, and you just want to give your heart to God today. You just want to say, Bob, man, I want to I live for the Lord. Or maybe you've been a long time since you've been in church, and, or maybe you just need to come back to a relationship with God. Maybe you drifted away. You say, man, I, I need to get back. I need my relationship right with God. If that's you today, just between you, me, and God, just slip up your hand all over the auditorium. 
If you want to say, man, today is my day to give my heart to God, or you just want to come back to the Lord, all over. Just keep it up for a second. Yeah, all over, right down the middle here. Mezzanine area. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In the back, way in the back. Thank you, pal. Yeah, over here on the side. Thank you, pal. Yeah, ma'am, I see that hand. Come on, let's give this some prayer, guys. Let's be praying. Lives are being changed right now. Anybody else? Today's your day. You spent, man, I just, I just want to know a God like that. Anybody else? Yeah, thanks for being brave enough. Yep, see that hand in the middle there. Thanks, buddy. Yep, you can put him down now. Come on, congregation, let's all pray this today, t- together today. If you raise your hand and everyone else, join me in this prayer. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. And I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven, and I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand. He's good. Mercy is good. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.